Welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast, where we share leadership and business growth insights, both from our own experiences and that of our guests. We're the hosts. I'm Rebecca Jenkins, founder of Argen, helping companies to grow by finding, gaining and growing the best clients. And I'm Callum, sharing my perspectives from both being an entrepreneur and working in a variety of different companies. Whether you lead a team or a business, you'll find practical tips, inspirational insights and ideas as we discuss a wide range of leadership topics. So with that, here's today's episode. So today I am delighted to have Asad Asari. He is the MD and founder of Mayfair IT Consultancy. And we're going to have a great conversation today because we're going to focus on two particular areas of leadership, one of which is going to be binary decision making, and the other one is around categorizing tasks, as well as hearing all about how Assad is growing um, his business. Um, I'm going to hand you over to Assad in a minute just to do a quick introduction, but Mayfair IT Consultancy focuses on risks, regulatory, and creating transformations for other businesses. But I'm sure you can do a much better introduction than that, Asad. So a very big welcome to you. Thank you for being our Lead to Succeed guest today. And would you like to do an introduction? Yes, um, sure, Rebecca. Thank you very much for having me here um, today. It, you know, It's always good to be able to um, sort of uh, be a voice of a beacon for other businesses, entrepreneurs, um, and just, I guess, like-minded individuals out there. I'll um, just sort of introduce myself. So my background is in project management, and uh, I've been doing it for a number of years, um, working with corporates in various different sectors. So that's where Mayfair IT Consultancy sort of came around, where me being a an employee in a business, um, many years ago now um, to running uh, my own sort of uh, consulting firm um, you know you know we're doing work across UK and we have clients in Asia that we're actually helping across a range of different sectors rightfully so what you uh, mentioned there so risk regulatory transformation and we're also delving into education um, there so so it's it's quite interested quite well-rounded and um, definitely the growth is on uh, sorry the focus is actually on growth um, at the moment so once again, thank you for having me here. Well, I'm sure um, growth is a challenging yet exciting aspect um, of your of your journey. But can we just kick off, Asad, by just you've worked in corporate, so you will have experienced good and not so good leadership. So what makes a great leader to you? What's what's your how would you describe a great leader to be? Um, I, th- I think the term leader itself is sort of hitting the nail on the head. Uh, where often people that they, they, they forget that they're actually there to inform and teach, as opposed to sort of uh, stand there uh, with people, just ensuring that they do tasks all day. Ultimately, in a workplace, everyone is there to work. However, it's always um, refreshing when a leader is there, sort of providing that sort of uh, I'd say training in a way, not not in the literal sense, but. I'll just give you a very quick example. If if you're on a call with some of your uh, colleagues who are who you're managing, uh, essentially, even as you align tasks to them and you give them your life experience, that's a bit of learning, and th- th- they're essentially picking up skills just from you. They're being a leader. Um, just uh, so so, I think in the natural flow of things, it's always good to keep in the back of your mind where you're there to. Um, 
subtly mentor others, if if I if that's the right sort of uh, term to use there. I think it is a good term to use because in a way you are coaching and you're encouraging them to flourish as leaders themselves. What would you say your leadership style is? So I am more, if I'm talking in a practical sense here, Rebecca, I learned this from one of my managers, if I'm very honest with you, uh, a number of years ago. Uh, it, it was where always start by doing something where, where, where you're likely to teach someone. Um, and if, if, if I give you an example there, literally, I think it was just earlier today where uh, for, for one of the tech platforms that we're building out, um, one of our business analysts that we have in, he, he's got solid experience under him, but for me to get him to do something the way I would want it done right the first time around, um, rather than sort of setting him off on the task and let, letting him wander off on his own, I actually helped and mentored and coached him to start the task off in the right way. Because with that in mind, um, he, he, he's keeping to that uh, framework that, that we essentially want to do. So for me, in a nutshell, it's lead by doing and then hand it over. We hear that quite often on our podcast and that coaching element is such a crucial part of it. I know our listeners really enjoy hearing about big challenges that you faced as a leader and then we can perhaps go into binary decision making but what have been your biggest challenges in growing your business and what have you learned from those challenges? So uh, I'd say Rebecca it's actually growing the business hasn't growing the team HR uh, many people will think oh I'll just bring 10 more staff in and it's okay we'll get things done it's just a personal challenge for me I know I know various other people will face different things uh, but that was a challenge for me where I took it lightly, um, lightly in the sense that I thought, okay, we'll get a team of 10 in, we'll be able to coach them, and then they'll be set off sale, um, working in their uh, different project teams. However, there are so many different things that you have to manage with new staff. And that, that, that like I said, it could be one person or 10 people that you're bringing in. Um, each person poses their own challenge and each person has come from a different background. So I think if you're really able to culturally understand the person and the workplace that they've come from and help them uh, mold into yours in, in a very light way, um, because each person, of course, they bring their own creativity, that's why you're hiring them. Um, however, like I said, each workplace has its own way to do things. So HR has been an interesting challenge for me, which I've actually enjoyed. What have been the key learnings for you, Asad, during you know, that recruitment process that you could uh, perhaps help and share for other businesses that are recruiting or that you're going and that you're going to do differently going forward? I, I feel like the first day is the most important. Now it's sort of like, yes, Asad, that's the that's the most obvious thing that you're saying it, but I'm just gonna emphasize on that point. Because if you can set that individual in the right track on the well, on the right track even from the first day i felt um that, that they're actually performing better weeks down the line because they're in a they're, they're understanding and they're in a good frame of mind um to to be onboarded at times and this is the sort of example i'm looking where you know the weeks that we've had two or three starters as compared to when we've had five or six or even ten um a few of them did get overlooked as in they were they came in and they had some sort of training and some sort of onboarding, but it just wasn't um, the right level that we commit ourselves to do with each individual. And 
it was a few weeks down the line where the people who who we'd focused on from day one and sort of going forward, um, they were sort of uh, in, on the on the right track. And then the other ones, they were still asking initial questions. A few weeks on, so I'd say focus on day one for hiring anybody, bringing uh, any amount of staff in that you are, um, just so you're uh, setting your own standard, so to say. So it's a case of putting the more effort in right at the beginning because that will reap a benefit as that uh, new team member kind of engages with the business and they'll be a better performer more quickly by doing that. Precisely, Rebecca, you've just summed it up uh, really well there. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So let's have a chat about binary decision making. This is something I think you feel quite strongly about. So perhaps you could explain what it is and what your experience is of it and how you use it. So actually I got this idea from uh, a book that I was reading and it's really interesting how I even came around that book. Um, It's called um, Super Thinking. So essentially binary decision-making, it's it's, it's quite an interesting topic, um, I'd say. And often people, when they are looking to make decisions, they will one way or another so if something's good then something else is bad if it's sort of like true or false or essentially it's always like okay just two ways of sort of um going and making decisions but then you also have another one where it's sort of like looking at the gray area in all of that as in is there a third point of view because you know, 50-50 isn't always right, I'd say. <clears throat> so it's 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 trying to master yourself or even set yourself off to start thinking um, in a third way, which is the gray area. So it, essentially, if you were, to, uh, well, you were to ask me a question to say, hey, I said, what would you like to have for lunch tomorrow, Chinese or Indian? Um, my brain should be thinking, hold on, understand what, what, what options are there for the Chinese or what options are there for the Indian rather than just from the offset saying, oh, I just want one cuisine. Um, a very simple example, but it's sort of don't form an opinion instantly. Always be sure that you're understanding um, different elements and different a- uh, aspects to the options that are in front of you. So it, that's sort of uh, where I'd say you're, you're, you're thinking in the gray, making more informed uh, decisions. Is now, there a... Oh, sure, please. Sorry, Asad. That's fine. I was going to ask, is there a process to follow to make your make yourself cognizant of the third option or other options? So again, if, if I'm to put it in this way, uh, record, how many times have you started telling, telling somebody about uh, a problem you're having or some advice that you need and literally two or three touch points down, the person's already ready to just speak out and give you their um, uh, give, give you their opinion. Now, <clears throat> often, like I said, excuse me, <clears throat> often, like I said, their opinion would be, "Hey, Rebecca, you should do A or B." But then it's sort of on you to follow that process where, yes, okay, A and B. But then you're countering that in a way, okay, what does A entail exactly, and what does B entail? So for you, you need to make that decision and it shouldn't be binary. Like I said, it's, it's always, there's a third area because within that decision for A and B, um, you might come up with a solution yourself just by that person uh, providing you 
further uh, information. So would you say using that, um, that kind of approach delays decision-making because you may need to go away and think you've had two options presented to you. You want to go away and think about a third one. Therefore that decision-making process might take longer and in it taking longer, that could actually be a good thing because you're reflecting and thinking about what the options might be. That's correct. It's always good um, to take time to make decisions. But I think this sort of leadership style forces you to be patient. Now, yeah, you, you, if it's a very simple, simple sort of decision you need to make, fine. It's, there's, there are always two options they can just go with. But then if it is something slightly more complex where you do need more thinking and you're just not um, set in stone with the options in front of you, patience definitely pays off there. Are you familiar with kind of fast and slow decision making as a kind of an approach that some decisions can be made quickly, as you just said, and others, maybe more strategic issues, do need that time, do need that reflection? In my opinion, I would say so, yes. Um, and in, I guess fast and slow is just because at times, often when you're at board level, CEO level, you don't have that time to do further thinking. But this is why I'd stress on the point of being patient. As in, if you're explaining something to me, if I stay patient just for an extra few minutes, I'm getting more and more from you for me to make that informed um, decision essentially rather than it's A and B okay I'm going with A straight away it's like you, you might not even know what that entails so patience I'd say is the key and, has, and how how beneficial has that been to you in your business just kind of taking that being patient can you give an example where that's really made a difference um okay I'm just trying to think of something to pinpoint now I've just got so many different ideas going off in my head um, I think Rebecca, I'm trying to think recently or in the past now. We'll come back to it. Yeah, sure. If that's let's it. come back to it. Let's, let's talk about categorizing tasks because you're, you've got a business, you're growing it, you're incredibly busy. So I'm sure many of our listeners are in the same place. Tell us about your strategy for categorizing tasks because I'm sure we, well, I might be able to learn something from this most definitely. So categorizing tasks, it's okay, okay, okay. So this is separate to the binding decision making. These things can be done in order of importance, stating the obvious. Now, that's another problem where everything seems important from time to time. And it's not like, okay, I've got five things on my to-do list and everything is important. But then what I'd say is where 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 many businesses would uh, or individuals would uh, succeed in something like this is sort of looking at the economic benefits or looking at the economic scenarios. Um, because when you when you get down to it, there's never enough time to do work. You could have a whole list of stuff done in the morning, by the afternoon, it's just back uh, full up again, just due to the uh, meetings that you've had in the day. So I guess if you start to weigh up the opportunity, um, of the economic benefits, you'd be able to understand, okay, what, what's important. So let's, let's look at an example here. If you're, if you're working a full-time job, but you're not happy with 
a number of factors within uh, the company that you're working at, or you just don't enjoy the role and you, you want to sort of uh, set, set sail and go and build a business for yourself. If you start to look at some, like, like you know, I'll come back to decision-making um, at the end of this. So if you start to wave that opportunity of letting go of a salary, that's sort of meeting your bills and everything that you need to do for the month or the quarter. Um, and then you think, okay, if I'm making a similar amount in business, it would always be a case of how long could you do without that salary in order for you to scale that business up and sort of go out and uh, do that there. Again, so there are two decisions they need to make. But then, like I said, if you look at the economic factors where you're getting X amount from your salary and Y is what you're left with at the end of the month. However, with a business, of course, you, you know, there's no cap to what you can earn in any um, startup that you do or any business that you're running. But does that weigh, do them two benefits weigh um, the pros and cons for you to leave a job and then start up a business? For you to do it, it's just once, like I said, if you start looking at the financial numbers behind it, then you'd be able to make that uh, decision. So on that basis, what you're saying is when we, we have a whole list of to-do things, the analysis should be, we should prioritize the ones that are going to give us the biggest economic benefit indeed that's what i say so if in a, so if we're focusing just on running uh, a business here often you know as the term goes cash is king that's what you you know always have a positive revenue uh, cash flow and stuff so really if you're doing the things that are going to get you there then they're the most important ones and they're the ones who what you should be categorizing first as opposed to i don't know you know if you've got a whole bunch of phone calls to make, but that can be left off till maybe end of the week and beginning of the week that you focus on the things that are actually going to help you um, sustain yourself longer. I agree with that. I think it's looking at the activities that are going to generate the result that you need. And it's, you know, and I've got a sales background and it's always, it's not focusing on the end result, it's focusing on the activities that are going to get you to that end result. So what activities are you doing? Yeah, I don't mean that wasn't a question. I mean, it's, you know, that's, that's the area of focus. What are the primary activities that are going to generate that outcome? No, definitely, because I guess when you have too many to do, then you end up multitasking. And then it can get in a case where you need neither here nor there. Um, but if you bring your back uh, self around to the full circle, um, at the end of the day, you, you want to focus on what, what's going to make the biggest impact for you, your business, your life, um, and sort of take it on from there. Is that something you do on a daily basis, Asad, or a weekly basis? So how often are you looking at that? So I, it, for me personally, it is weekly. Um, I don't think I could leave it any longer than that because of how much your week can fill up. Um, you know, just today, with a morning meeting, prompted another three later in the day and I was just like well I was hoping to have a bit of an empty calendar today just to get <laughs> stuff done <laughs> well thank you for making the podcast with all that extra challenge you've had today no this this was a passion project as I said a few weeks ago so it's, it's great to finally be here well you know that decision you know looking at it on a daily basis I find that I'm often juggling on, on a daily basis what becomes my priority you know because of those things that change during the day 
So it can be quite a dynamic process, but setting it out for the week is something that I like to do as well. Yeah, I think it's, then you can also look at it as in high level, mid and low level stuff. Yeah. What's the high level stuff that's going to help make the impact for you? And then the mid and low level stuff, I don't know, you know, I've started using Trello recently um, because one of the project managers that we have is just in love with it. So they've just forced me saying, I said, well, this is what we want to use. It's been quite interesting, actually, where all my tasks are aligned. As soon as things are getting done, I'm sliding them across. And as soon as that ticks there at the end, I'm like, okay, that's a successful day. It always feels good when you can tick things off. Indeed. Indeed, definitely. Asad, what tips would you give to aspiring leaders or um, yeah, people stepping into a leadership role and keen to become a successful leader? What tips would you give them? Um, Rebecca, I'm going to answer this in a very binary way <laughs> and, and just be like networking, I'd say. Networking with the right individuals. Um, because, yes, you can go out there, you can read books, blogs, you can listen to lots of podcasts, which, you know, it's amazing that so many uh, mediums are out there for people. But having that one-to-one -one conversation with somebody who's already there where you want to be, um, or... The person might not even be there. It's usually the people you learn the most from are the ones uh, you look up to or you admire in a way. So it doesn't mean that they have to be some, you know, uh, serial entrepreneur out there or the person who's got the biggest profile out there. It could be a close relative. It could be person you, an acquaintance, somebody you know, um, who you follow on any of the social platforms. It's just a case of try getting through to them to understand their journey. Um, because often when you listen to people's journey, that's when you get into anecdotes. Um, I, I, I've fallen in this, I wouldn't say trap, but I've fallen in this uh, thinking where, oh my God, I want to go here. How do I get there? Well, when I've had that conversation with somebody who, who, who's been able to do it, and it's not like, okay, how did you set that business up? For me, it was a case of, hold on, where did you start from? Where did you come to? And how did you get to the point where you needed to set this business up? Because it's, it's the anecdotes and it, it's the smaller points that I've picked up throughout the life journey, which has actually shown me challenge, struggle, um, and, and the, you know, the dedication and motivation behind it for where they need to be. So it would definitely be a case, okay, like I said, network, understand the person's journey, not just their business journey, but understand the life journey because you, you'll be able to maybe relate to parts of it. And that's where they are the stepping stones that you need um, in order for you to actually get there and be that aspiring leader. Um, and, and we're definitely in need of them. The next generation, um, we're ready for you to step up. <laughs> I think it's always great to hear how other people have struggled and come through it. And I know that's what our listeners love to hear about, you know, those struggles, those challenges. How did you come through it? How did you, how did you cope? What impact did that have on you? So we may take a further dive into that in just a moment. Um, but yes, I agree with you. What's been, who's inspired you in that way? Um, my grandfather, first of all, I'd say, uh, Rebecca, like I said, I didn't have to go far to find a mentor. Um, and I guess it wasn't his business advice as such, but it was more of his practical life advice. And looking at his examples, I was able to learn a lot faster um, to get to where I need to be and build that strong character for myself 
to be ready for any challenge that the world um, sort of throws at me. So if I'm honest, I'd say my grandfather and then my father after that, um, you know, with his um, relentless confidence, uh, it's it's been inspiring to see uh, and to try and uh, sort of adapt adapt to that in my own lifestyle and sort of run in the in 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 in, in, in those footsteps, I'd say. Um, but you know, when when you look at some uh, grander uh, grander scheme of things of people who are known, I think you know the, the life journeys of Richard Branson, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and there was a show on uh, Netflix that Bill Gates did. It, that was actually really inspiring, and it, it on, I can't remember was it being Bill Gates or something like that. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it it literally helped me realign my thinking at the time and think, hold on, there's a bigger impact in the world to be made out there. And I know that was more the philanthropic uh, way, but like I said, take that thinking and apply it to your own self. You said just now that you're your father taught you about confidence and he was always um, extremely confident. Was that confidence in not allowing self-doubt in? And, and how did you learn from that? Because I think many leaders face self-doubts and we talk a lot about being vulnerable and being authentic and saying it's okay to show that you don't have all the answers that you're not sure so how do you con contrast that with your dad being very confident <clears throat> Ricky, you've touched on this such a great point there um if i'm honest often when you're confident inside you might be very scared but it's that confidence that's actually helped me get further and it's that self-belief where, you know, I'll wake up some mornings and I'll look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm going to have a really good day today. And honestly, on the days that I turn up, I'll do that. Um, any challenge can come my way. And I mean, literally, various challenge, business challenges have come. But just because I stood there, said that to myself for a few minutes in the morning, and I've applied it to my day, I've just thought, well, okay, anything can happen right now. I can get through it it's fine because i know what i'm doing i'm confident in myself and i know it's sort of like i know where i am and where i need to go so there's nothing coming to me so again that, that might come across slightly cocky but it's more of a personal thing that you really need to give yourself you need to give yourself that confidence of course i've been lucky enough to see somebody who's done that and i've learned it from them um, but this is the advice i'd give to leaders where you're not going to be sure of yourself, but it's at that point where reset for five minutes and just put yourself in that position where like, okay, I'm not sure of myself, but I don't care. I'm still going to do this because it, it needs to get done or just counter it. I'm, I, I'm not sure, but it doesn't matter. I, I will be in the next 10 minutes sort of thing. Um, it's quite, you have to be quite ruthless and relentless with yourself um, in, in, in that position, I'd say. So it's managing your mindset and not letting those self-doubts or those um, those voices in your head pull you down. It's being um, just assured that you, you've got this and you can and you have the ability inside you to to deal with those challenges, those curveballs that we all get sent as we as we uh, take a business and, 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 and grow. No, indeed, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Rebecca, and I'm sure everyone's faced this. 
how many of your friends, colleagues, acquaintances have come up to you and said, Rebecca, you're going to, um, you, you're going to, like, I, okay. They'll come to you and they'll say something like, Rebecca, your consulting company, I can see that being the biggest consulting company in the next 10 years, just because I know what you're like. And you're the like, me, mine? Are you sure? <laughs> it's like, if others can see it in you, then why can't you see it in yourself? <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's so true. It's like we don't give ourselves that kind of, I don't know, ability, is it? Or we don't just allow ourselves? No, anyway. definitely. No, you're right. And I, I can just do sort of sum that point up. There's this old uh, Japanese samurai proverb where it's do not speak bad of yourself. For the warrior within hears your words and is lessened by them. Yes. I love that. So just be kind to yourself and uh, be confident. And the th two things my dad always said is, uh, I said, you need to be confident and you always need to have a clean intention. You're going to go anywhere you want in life and as mm -hmm. far as you want. So they're just two life principles um, that I sort of live by. I love the clean intention because I think that is, for me, one of the key traits of a great leader. Everything is done with the best intentions best intentions for the business, the people, and just just done with, with, with great intentions. And it reminds me of a situation when I was bidding for a really big contract. And I remember going into the office and my tender was on the table along with my competitors. Yeah. And so I had this moment when he left the office Shall I look at the tender of the of my competitor and see what the, the pricing structure is? <laughs> and um, I thought about it. I thought that's not a wise thing to do at all. But you know that's not a good intention to set. But it stays with me that you know we have to go with good intentions with we you know with honesty and integrity. And that wouldn't be living up to my values if I'd had a look at that at all. Well, that's a, see, Rocky, you took the tough decision there, and it, again, it was with yourself. There was nobody else around. No. So it's just um, that was with yourself. But I think underlying, you had enough confidence in yourself to say, doesn't matter. I don't, you know, I, I'm keeping my intention clean. I'm staying confident. I, I've still got this. Yes. So we touched earlier on, and as we kind of come to, to wrap up, and it's been great to have you on the podcast, Asad, and thank you for sharing uh, those great ideas and, and thoughts with us. What uh, is the, we touched on what's your biggest challenge, but let's unravel that a little bit more. What has been something that you've really had to, to, to wrestle with that has really caused you some angst um, in growing your business? And, that, and how did you deal with that? Who did you speak to? What, how did you come through that? And what did you learn? Rebecca, I think every business, it's a challenge that a lot of them face where it's just trying to get new clients in or trying to transform a part of the organization that you've, uh, you, you have into a new way to offer new services, different services, or even better services to what you're doing. Um, that, that is an ongoing challenge. It, it's just, it's always nice to hear uh, people when they're doing good or at the top of the mountain, but I'm going to give uh, people something where I'm at the bottom right now. Um, we're, we're just like with part of the business where I do want to transform it. Um, and I'm thinking the whole world, of course, it's already digital. We've had COVID help us with that in various ways. Um, but for me, the challenge is right now, where am I taking part of the consulting firm? It's one of the, one of the teams that I have in 
And I can see the potential in each and every single one of the people who are in that team. But for me as a leader, I need to really steer that ship. Um, and I feel like I'm starting out again to say where, well, where do I take, what sort of digital service is needed right now um, that the world is looking for or businesses even are looking for, for me to take them. So I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to look for challenges out there right now. So if there are uh, individuals who want to put some challenges my way, that would be extremely helpful. Um, and that will help me with the, my thinking. Well, that's, a, that's an offer out there to listeners. Send your challenge in to, to Assad and uh, let him think it through. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's think of it together. <laughs> think of it together. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice, last question, what advice would you give to your younger self about leadership? About leadership. Okay, at that age, I would definitely tell my younger self to read more. Um and you know, practice what you preach, the advice I gave, network with the right people, but really learn from them. Um, when you're younger, you feel like you know everything, and it's just a case of hold on, scale back. People are right, they're the bigger fish <laughs> out there. Um, just go and uh, learn from them, try shouting them for a day. I'll, I'll just give you an example actually. Somebody reached out to me on Facebook um, a couple of weeks ago, a younger gentleman, he's 19 years old, and um, he just reached, he sent me a really long message and I was just like, God, okay, I'll have to beat this. And I did. Um, but he, he was just asking for advice. He goes, can I please come and shadow you for a day? Um, I know you do X, Y, and Z. I've seen you've been social about some of the work that you've done. Can I just come shadow you? And that was, that, I don't know, the inner child in me spoke and I was like, I said, you need to see this person. Um, and when I did, sat down, he was just rearing to just learn, Rebecca. And I find that so admirable where i was just like wow if at 19 years old if i was as productive as you right now um reaching out to people just asking them questions wanting to learn from them telling them what you want to do in life um, and then just getting their feedback that would have helped me do whatever i'm doing now many years earlier um so that's the advice i'd give to my younger self and to any young aspiring leaders um out there and to existing leaders just try giving a bit of a time because the younger generation is not going to come up without us. That's so nice to hear and how great that somebody at 19 had the courage to reach out to you. Indeed. And one more point there, Rebecca. At the end of it, goes, I don't think I'm confident enough. And I was like, okay, let's literally as we were leaving, I go, how did you reach out to me? He goes, well, I message on Facebook. I was like, well, what were you thinking? And he was like, all these ideas were going through my head. I wasn't sure. But then he goes, I thought I'd just message you anyways. I go, don't you think that's you demonstrating confidence there to me? I go, what more do you need? I go, just build up on it. Um, I just go, be humble throughout life, but build up on that because you've got that confidence. Don't think that you're lacking it. Um, it's just often, like I said, <laughs> when you don't believe in yourself, you can even lose confidence. So <laughs> it's just that to sort of summarize um, that point well it's nice that he had that conversation with you and you were able to give him some support back and I guess we we do in a way owe it to that younger generation to support and help them and great that you are open to that so you might open a floodgate now and have more people getting in, in touch with you Asad, as a result of that more than happy to be there um, if, if anybody would like to get in touch 
um, social media or email is probably the best way. Well, we're going to come to a close in a moment and for you to just leave us with some last thoughts about your business or anything that you would like to share with our listeners. And just before you do that, I would just like to share with the listeners, first of all, to thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. We, Callum and I, absolutely love Cam's Not With Me today, but we love creating the podcast and hearing from leaders who are doing amazing things and have um, a real sense of values and authenticity in what they do. And as I you've certainly lived up to that. So thank you very much for being on our podcast. And if any of the listeners would like to have an opportunity just to have a, a conversation with me and talk about their business, if they're growing a business or their leadership and they'd like a fresh perspective, then please just go to rjen, R-J-E-N dot online and we can arrange that. It's, it's a way of me sharing my knowledge which I absolutely love to do and just providing some insights and thoughts to help you get to the next stage of your business or your leadership so I love to do that so Asad what would you like to leave our listeners with well first of all you're welcome and thank you very much Rebecca for um, having me here today I guess for our listeners um, you know Mayfair with um, Mayfair Consultancy we do um, some interesting work, some interesting projects, like we mentioned at the start, around risk regulatory transformation, um, and even digital services where we're trying to get further into. If anybody does need any help, more than welcome to get in touch, um, just to bounce ideas, or if you do have any business problems, let me know, because maybe we can help strategize together and uh, bring out some solutions for you. Thanks, Asad. And it comes across as a very collaborative approach. I mean, all the conversations we've had um, have been about collaboration and helping each other and coming up with ideas together. So I'm sure anybody that gets in touch with you will get that very collaborative um, approach as well. So thank you very much indeed. You're welcome, Rebecca. Thank you for having me here today. A pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And as always, if you enjoyed it, we welcome a review. And if you have any questions and like to get in touch with us, you can do that at the rjen.co.uk website.